welcome back to Why Two Kids. My name is Patrick. My name is Taylor. And this is your birthday spectacular, Taylor. Happy birthday. Thank you, Patrick. You have also quite the birthday present sitting next to you right now. Yes. Care for a comment? If you couldn't hear that, that was sniffing of our new puppy. His name is Santino Pacino, and we call him Sonny. And he was not an actual birthday gift. You should not gift dogs. They are big responsibilities, I'd like to remind you. We've been looking for a puppy for a year, and we finally found one at a rescue, and it just happened to align with my birthday. So he's my greatest gift. But you still got me something, right? I got you hours and hours of me watching Degrassi The Next Generation. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, that was a fun show, guys. We'll see you next week. No, so here's the deal, guys. I <laughs> You're just going to hear some sniffing in the mic. Don't be alarmed. Um, here's the deal. Patrick has known about my obsession of Degrassi for a long time since we started dating, basically. Um, and he's always been like, screw Degrassi, so stupid, so stupid. He's seen it on in the background, never really sat down to watch even like a half of an episode with me before, but he's always been like, this is so dumb. Whatever. He's always had some shit to say about Degrassi. And I was like, you know what? For my birthday... I have, I have also particularly been in a big Degrassi kick lately because I watch it on Pluto. Um, but I thought, for my birthday, when it's my one opportunity to get a show and have Patrick not complain about it, what should I do? And the, the, choice, was, the choice was clear. Yeah, you know, I kind of, um, I kind of opened up this path because... We put out a recent Cut the Cord. I think it was November's Cut the Cord newsletter. We do a newsletter on our website, futurepresentationvideo.com. Uh, monthly installments that talks about uh, great movies and great shows and stuff on free streaming services. Did an entire issue dedicated to Pluto. I love Pluto. Pluto makes me feel like I have cable, even though I don't have cable. Sometimes I like to just channel surf, although I always sort of end up on the Bar Rescue channel anyway. Um, but I asked Taylor to write a little bit about Degrassi for that issue. We watched a little bit of it. We watched about two hours that night, and I was just blown away by how it was everything I thought it was going to be. And then uh, watching four, five plus hours of it over the past week, I do have to admit that some of my preconceived notions have changed. Although, at the end of the day, it is still a ridiculous soap opera. It is a ridiculous soap opera for children. And those are not things that I enjoy, but it is something that you love very deeply. I mean, I wouldn't say that I love it in in essence. You, know? you love Degrassi. Yeah, I love Degrassi. I love the sentimentality of it. I love the lore of it. I love the impact that it's had for generations and generations and generations. I love the... I, I mean, it's... Did I grow up watching Degrassi? Yes, I did. And did I love it when it was on and I was very hooked? Yes. But I love Degrassi as a cultural aspect more than I love the dialogue, the show, the whatever. Um, I just... I'm just... I love the the 
cast. I love the working conditions, you know, hiring real teenage actors that basically recorded Degrassi as an after-school activity like you would do drama club. Um, I love the um, involvement from people all the way from Degrassi Junior High in the 80s and how those people have felt so compelled by the stories that Degrassi wants to tell that they've stayed on. Um, I, I just feel like Degrassi is objectively different than and not in not in like I said dialogue not in writing whatever but I think Degrassi is objectively different than any other teen show on the market um we you know when we read Jeanette McCurdy's book we talked a lot about you know Nickelodeon uh sucked those were like really horrible awful predatory working conditions um people are still you know continuing to speak out about Nickelodeon I think that you know we are we are just years away from a tell-all documentary that's really going to uh, uh, show plain and simple just how bad it was. Um, and, it, you know, Disney, same thing. You know, how many Disney Channel stars struggle with, you know, addiction and mental health issues and claim that it's because of Disney working conditions and people that they had to work with? Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High... Degrassi The Next Generation, Degrassi Next Class on Netflix, no one has a negative thing to say. And I think that that is because they did it right. They found the secret sauce, and um, it. I think it showed in, you know, I'm not saying that everyone's the greatest actor on the show, but you could tell that they were all happy and adjusted and committed. And I think that you know, the proof is in the pudding, like why I love it so much because of that. Sometimes we do this on this show where we just sort of like continue the conversation we've been having for the past week and like forget to sort of set some things up. If you have never seen Degrassi before, it is, um, of course, the, well, this is the third incarnation of Degrassi. The next generation is the third incarnation. Uh, and, you know, it essentially just follows uh, a big group of students at a uh, Toronto high school, um, and w- not high school in American high school. Uh, it's a it's a junior high and high school. Yeah, they call it a community school, um, and it's it, when Taylor says it's age appropriate. Not only the actors are age appropriate, but people uh, uh, age out when they graduate high school. They leave the show, um, and so it is sort of in real time in terms of like years. It is like what this school would look like over the years, right? Um, people get suspended. They're gone for some time. They come back. You know, it is like um, time-wise um, um, much more realistic than than some other shows. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's had quite the sort of cult following. I don't even know what it's a cult following. I think it's just a popular damn show. Um, it's got gotten quite the popular following over the years. Um, I, of course, knew it in years past as the show that Drake was on when he was a kid and um, the show that Jay and Silent Bob were on, which was always so weird to me and is still kind of pretty weird to me. Um, but uh, Taylor has, of course, shown me some of the sort of uh, big highlight episodes of the series and, and introduced me to many of the uh, most important characters. Before we do that, though, we also forgot our snack of the week. We got way ahead of ourselves. Um, so what is our snack of the week this week? Well, because we are dealing with quite the juicy show, I thought it only fitting to do a little juicy drop pop. 
which you said you have never had before. This was my shit because it's sour. So the juicy drop pop. Let me walk you through it. We have, and actually I didn't finish opening it, so let me get this open. Hold, please. In the meantime, Patrick, do you want to tell everybody how cute Sonny is? He's very cute. Uh, you can go over to our uh, Vince Vaughn Instagram, at Vaughnathon, or Twitter, thank you, at Vaughnathon, and uh, we posted a picture of him recently. I think we're going to post him on the uh, future presentation Twitter as well. Um, and introduce him to the world, Santino Pacino. All right, you got it open. All right. On the bottom, we have a potentially cemented shot. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, it is supposed to be a lollipop. Oh, no. It's... I don't know why it's not opening. Patrick, can you give it a shot? I'll try my best. Just pull it from the bottom. I've literally never yeah. seen one of these in my entire life. Yeah, pull it. I can't even. My is fingers it... are too big. I mean, like, that is how it is. is. Do you open it another way? That's the gel, so don't open that. I think we're just stuck with the gel. No, but there's a whole system. It... All right, let me see. Let me see. Technical difficulties, folks. We, we not only did we not even open the package, <laughs> we didn't test it out oh. beforehand. Oh, but I'm also, loosening it. Part of the fun is is the reveal and. It's, I I got this from Cracker Barrel and it's probably been at Cracker Barrel for eight years. Okay. Oh. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> okay, Sunny. Okay. Well, the lollipop inside is broken. <laughs> Basically, what happened just now was that Taylor pulled out the handle and just the handle came out <laughs> and the lollipop stayed inside the case. Okay. Well, it's important to know that this lollipop has a, a um, concaveness to it so you can squirt the gel in it and it holds the gel mm. and then you lick it. Um, I think I just assumed you just squirted it like directly onto your tongue or something. No, I mean that that's stupid. That's for children. This is for tweens. Um, of course. <laughs> no, so the lollipop is sweet. It's a typical sugar based thing, and then um, the gel is sour. So it's like that sour sweet um, sort of thing. But we will just go ahead and. I mean, I let's be honest. I did used to just squirt it in my mouth. Anyways, I never finished <laughs> a lollipop once in my life. But I wanted to at least give you the the full. The full thing, but I'm a little concerned about eating this gel, considering I think maybe this expired 12 years ago. Do they even make these anymore? I did feel suspicious when I saw this in Cracker Barrel. Alright, let's try it. Just directly on the tongue. Oh my god, it tastes exactly like I remember. Uh, it's so good. Oh my god, it's so good. Do you get a similar feeling in your mouth when you're about to taste something sour? And it hurts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your your tongue kind of like, your, your mouth just kind of like gets clammy. Um, yeah. That's happened to me right now. I just, just squirt yeah. directly out of my tongue. What flavor is this? Blue Raz, I think. Oh, I hate Blue Raz. Oh, I squeeze from yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, you squeeze the squeezy part. Ugh. Ugh. No, it is delicious. Oh my god. I hate, I hate the way that tastes. I hate it so much. I used to do challenges. Ugh. I used to 
ask people to dare me to do it all in one take. Oh my god. <laughs> That's like it's like uh Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street with the amount of cocaine that he does. I mean, that is insane. Yeah. I vividly remember we had this gas station. I don't know if this is a chain or if it's independently owned. You'll have to let us know on Twitter if it's a chain and you recognize it. But we used to have this gas station near my house. It's still there, but it's not the same, like, company. Um, And it was called Crown. My mom and I called it the Crown Station. It's a chain. Okay. I I didn't know. Um, And I... Oh my god, I just, I mean, I remember this gas station like it was yesterday, because my mom smoked cigarettes, and we used to go, always go buy her cigarettes at the Crown, and there were two things that I used to get at the Crown. Juicy Drop Pops, and this like, ice cream thing that had rainbow sprinkles in it. And so this just reminds me of checking out at the Crown, dumping it on my my tongue, and uh, just being wired, so... To that, I say bottoms up. All right, Taylor. Uh, we watched. We ended up watching some more episodes of Degrassi because I, I initially limited you at two hours. I said I'm gonna be a good sport. I'm not gonna say anything, but like at a certain point, you're getting like past movie territory, and it's getting a little, uh, like we don't have enough time for this. We can't watch eight hours of the show and. I can't watch full seasons, which I know you would have done if, if we had had the time. So I initially said, pick the best five or six or seven. And then she did. And then I had so many questions. <laughs> and I just had to see how some stuff played out that I we ended up watching a lot more. And then we got into like the five, six, seven hour territory. Um, I, I want you to walk the folks at home through the episodes that you chose and why. If you are a Degrassi uh super fan i want you guys to let us know if taylor chose the you know the five episodes the five right episodes five or six right episodes um and if you're not um welcome to the club and you're gonna have no idea what that we're talking about for the next uh 20 minutes all right so here's the thing i this is just my general degrassi disclaimer So, in terms of my personal timeline with Degrassi, Degrassi aired in the very early 2000s. I was much too young to be watching it, Um, and um, but it ran for 14 years. That's a long time. That's a whole childhood. So, even though I was very, very, very young when it first aired, um, I got to the point where I was caught up, and um, I was able to you know, catch up and and watch it as things came out. So, um, you know, the summertime, uh, Teen Nick was basically a Degrassi channel. I mean, they did series-long reruns all the time. So I'm just going to say, for example purposes, by the time I was caught up, it was roughly season, like, eight, because I remember the Shark Shark in the Water promo video coming out, and so I was I was at least caught up with it before then, so maybe even earlier, season six, seven. Um, I was caught up. So that means I was watching seasons one through six or one through seven or whatever over and over and over again. Like, if it was on, I was going to watch it. So I am way more familiar with the early seasons than the later seasons. I was telling Patrick, you know, Degrassi kind of phases out between, like, A and B squad people. 
A squads being like the older people that typically have more storylines and then the B squads that, you know, are younger and have less storylines. That said, because this happens in kind of real time and people really age out of high school, the B squad becomes the A squad and you get a new B squad that becomes the new A squad and, you know, it just kind of cycles through. Um, So I... You know, there were there were so many things I could have chosen. I mean, I I had an initial list that was just humongous. I really struggled with whether or not I wanted to do like my personal favorites or if I wanted to do like the heavy hitters in terms of the show. And I ended up leaning towards the heavy hitters in terms of the show just because I feel like um, if you're going to understand Degrassi, you should, and if, you know, the case that I always make to Patrick is, you know, how culturally important it was and how it told these, you know, stories that no other teen media or media at all really was showing. So I, I felt like, it, you know, to do the show as best justice as I could, it was important to show them those heavy hitters. Um, we started off with the pilot. I, we didn't end up finishing the pilot. Uh, to be honest, I, I appreciate the pilot. I don't really like the pilot. Um, Degrassi is, you know, not immune to this, the, you know, the common first season disease of like, it just kind of feels weird. Um, they're still finding their footing. Um, and also I just feel like, yeah, the show just wasn't what it became yet. And so I, I'm not like crazy about the pilot or the first season. Um, after the pilot, we went on to my, one of my personal favorite episodes of all time, which is You Got the Look, in which Manny uh, decides to reinvent herself to impress a boy, and she ends up wearing the most, like, crazy clothes ever to school, most notoriously incredibly low-rise jeans with a bedazzled blue thong sticking out of it. Um, I thought that that was the coolest shit when I was a kid. Now, obviously, I'm 25 years old now, and I look at this, like, 12-year-old girl wearing this blue thong outside of her jeans, and I go, like, holy shit, why isn't Principal Radich doing anything? I mean, probably because he's a piece of shit, but if you know, you know. Um, I I just go, like, ugh, that's weird. But also, like, I, I still empathize with it. I still remember being um, a middle school girl And I very vividly remember several boys in middle school at different points, um, you know, saying, you're cute, but you're not hot. And that, like, crushed my spirit as a kid. Um, And I know it sounds silly because we don't think of 12-year-old people as hot now, obviously. But when you are 12, you want to be hot. You want to be older. You want to, you know, have, you know, this appeal about you. And I just was so crushed when, when boys would say, oh, you're cute, but you're not hot. And so this uh, episode really spoke to me at that point because Manny was doing the damn thing. She reinvented herself and she became hot and all the boys loved her. And that was all I ever wanted as a kid. Um After that, we went right into the actual very next episode in the series, which is Pride, part one and two, in which uh, Marco comes out. And I, Marco, don't get me wrong, is Marco the first gay, was, was Marco the first gay character on TV? No. Do I think Marco was one of the first fully fleshed out gay characters in teen media? Yeah, maybe. Um, But, you know, Marco is... So beloved, so beloved, and I don't want to say, like, being gay is at the core of his character. I mean, it is. I don't want to sound like that's his only character trait. I mean, he has several other storylines that are important and compelling, um, but 
he he is Degrassi's first openly gay character, and um, I think you know Adamo says this in in uh, a like documentary talkback sort of thing that we watched, um, where he says like. Marco and I were doing life at the exact same time. Like, maybe Marco would do something, like, a month before I did, or I would do something a month before Marco did, but, like, really, we were both discovering our sexuality on the same pace. And I think that that is so um, clear in Adamo's performance. So I, I just I decided to show him Pride Part 1 and 2. Um, I just, you know, I think... I think it's great. Um, then, of course, we have When Time Stands Still. I've become obsessed with this. If you don't know, this is the episode, or two, it's a two-part episode, in which Jimmy, Jimmy gets shot. It's the iconic thing. Um, this character, Rick, is a white boy. Uh, this is four years after Columbine. To my knowledge, there were no other narratives on TV post-Columbine about a school shooting. Um, and they decided to go there. Uh, it's not, for those that aren't familiar, it's not Columbine-esque in terms of um, it's not planned out, it's not premeditated, it's not, uh, uh, you get the idea um that is just the easiest sort of like shortcut to like the the beginning of the school shooting era this is not like columbine but of course that is the thing that like it provoked them to write this episode like they are very open about that um i think stefan brogan says like columbine happened it rocked the world and we felt like it was a story that needed to be told and we still feel confident in that decision because obviously gun violence is still happening daily uh We've had over 600 mass shootings in America this year, and the year is not over yet, so uh, take that as you will. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's not like Columbine. It's not like this huge like mass shooting or anything, but it, it's, it's scary. And I told Patrick, you know, I, he was like, you know, so you've seen all these episodes like a zillion times, and I was like, this one? Not really, because I kind of skip over it, because it freaks me out. Like, to this day... It makes me feel sick to my stomach. It's really, really, really scary. And so just trigger warning, I'm going to explain um, how it goes down. If you are not familiar with Degrassi, if you've never seen this scene, just a trigger warning for gun violence. Um, there's a character named Rick who is always kind of problematic in the Degrassi timeline. He, um, much earlier in the series, dates a girl named Terry, uh, and he is very violent towards her, and his violence unintentionally, um, lands her in a coma when he pushes her and she hits a, her head on a rock. Uh, he is suspended, he goes away, uh, in, in real time, like I said in the show, and then when he returns to Degrassi, people aren't happy because they loved Terry, and Terry never returned to school after that accident, and they're upset they don't want rick back and he comes back anyways he is severely bullied um by a number of people jimmy included um and he eventually befriends jimmy so he thinks and it is earnest uh jimmy kind of decides to turn the other cheek and decides not to bully him anymore um but, you know, Jimmy is kind of forced to be his friend when they are competing in a, um, uh, what's it called? Not a decathlon, a, um, 
uh, like a trivia. It's uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's a it's a trivia decathlon. Yeah. Um. And so Jimmy is forced to be on the team after he's bullying Rick. He actually begins to understand Rick and have a lot of sympathy for Rick and decides not to bully him anymore. Um. But regardless, people aren't the biggest fan of Rick. And so, um, Spinner, one of Jimmy's friends, one of the people who is a constant bully of Rick. Um, him and his kind of gaggle of bullies, uh, decide to paint and feather Rick, Rick, like a tar and feathering, um, but with yellow paint, um, which is, you know, if you have seen any picture of Degrassi, I would guarantee you it's the picture of Rick in the yellow paint with the feathers on him, um, because it has become very iconic and it is very, very, very scary to me. Um, but he wins the winning question and he's on stage celebrating and boom, a can of yellow paint drops, a can of feathers drops and Rick is so upset that he decides to go home and get a gun and he brings it to school and no one intervenes. No one says, Rick, why are you here covered in feathers? You should take the day off. Um, a couple students say that, but he insists on being there and they don't know what to, uh, think. So they just go along with it. And, um, Spinner decides to blame it on Jimmy, not thinking anything's going to come from it. And, uh, obviously something does come up with it, come from it, Jimmy ends up saying, you know, Rick, I'm so sorry. I don't know who did this to you. Rick doesn't believe him, obviously. He thinks Jimmy's lying. And that is when he shoots Jimmy in the back while Jimmy tries to run away, paralyzing him from the waist down and becoming uh, an infamously handicapped uh, and wheelchair-using character. Um, and he becomes a very successful wheelchair basketball player, etc. Um he also, and this is, I think, where it kind of gets more Columbine-esque. He says to Emma when he sees her in the hall, and I'm not going to get in the whole lore and relationship of him and Emma, but he says to Emma in the hall, um, like, lucky you, you made the list, which definitely hints at that premeditation, that idea of a hit list, that idea of um, intent of mass shooting. Uh, he says, like, I've already killed someone. There's literally no reason to stop doing it now. He eventually dies when someone, Sean Cameron, wrestles in for the gun. It goes off accidentally and Rick dies. Really tragic. Um, I know that this was kind of the episode that you were most looking forward to seeing. Um, I mean, that <laughs> sounds bad. like that. I just mean like you were, it was your most anticipated episode because of the kind of I iconicness of it. So do you want to talk about it a little bit? Um, yeah, for a couple reasons. Number one, like the the gif or the clip or whatever of Drake getting shot in the back is something that I've seen like a billion times and out of context pre three or four days ago, it's really funny. I mean, it's Drake who's such a goober and I didn't really know in terms of his Degrassi, not even Drake. It's, it's Aubrey Graham, right? <laughs> it's a guy named Aubrey getting shot. Exactly. And you know, it's just like, it's, it's funny to be like, there's a show in Canada where Drake was a kid and got shot. Like, that's funny. That's, you know, it's a funny sentence. Um, clearly not funny in, in the full context. It feels like parallel universe, like right. darkest timeline. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, it's one of those, like, when you say, like, you know, Ronald Reagan was an actor before he was president. You're like, what? You know, it's, it's that kind of like, huh. Um, also, I think... Um, in terms of media, school shootings, I've been uh, 
I don't want to say I've been interested because that sounds creepy. Sinistic. Yeah. I find it interesting how um, people have chosen to handle this. How, how people who create things, film, television, media, whatever, um, or choose to not handle it, right? Uh, and it's um, it's because it's a thing that we live with every single day, especially in this country, and it, and it has not gone away at all in the past twenty five years. Um, if anything, it's just become more and more common. Um, I always just sort of like, okay, here's here's what I mean by all this. I always go like, I wonder why they decided to tackle this. Why did they make this movie? Why did they do this storyline in this episode? Um, because it's it's one of those things that's like it's just raw for us in this country every three days, really more like every three hours, you know. Um, and so I, I'm always just kind of like, okay, what do you, why? Uh, show me. Um, and obviously, you know, it, it's gone through like it was in the exploitation era in the late 90s. And then there's been, um, you know, it's kind of seeped into some more high budget indie stuff. It's, it's kind of gotten bigger and bigger over the years in terms of like uh, who will make these stories, which is its own sort of problem. But the idea that there's just this show in, like, Canada in 2006 or whatever that just straight up did it. I mean, just, like, no shame, no nothing was just, like, we're going to do it. And we're going to talk about why it's bad and it's going to affect the show forever. That's crazy. And and um, I think, like, they, they answered that question as to why. Partially because on this show, everybody has a tragic thing happen to him to them right maybe they don't get um shot in the back and, and paralyzed uh and then you know become um a, a wheelchair user um you know it, it was interesting that i was watching this the other day because the guy from glee whose name i don't know off the top of my head um who was the uh wheelchair using character in glee um he came out the other day and was like because uh, I think I guess there's rumors of a Glee reunion or something, and uh, the Gleeks always claim there's going to be a Glee reunion. Well, it got to the point where like he commented on it, um, and he was like, "I I would not come back because I at this point, ten years removed, I don't think it's it's um, right for me to be playing somebody in a in a wheelchair." Yeah, talk about people who have like Degrassi. No one has a negative thing to say about the show. Glee, the polar opposite. Nobody has a single positive thing about to, to say about the show. <laughs> there's like a there's like a supposed curse on the cast too, um, and uh, and then like two days later we like watch Drake, be, you know, use a wheelchair in this show and and with obviously similar similar sort of time periods in, in shows even, um, but everybody has a thing. When when you referred earlier to the whatever promo it was called. Shark in the Water? Yeah, the carnival promo. Um what I had Taylor do, because I didn't we didn't really get that far in our in our watches. We kinda watched a lot of like the Drake era. Um I do wanna say I love the Shark in the Water era. Like when when Holly J and Anya and um Allie and and Sav and all of them, when they are the A tier even the Fiona and Declan era, like, I love that era. I'm really sad that we didn't get a chance to watch it, but I feel like 
there gets to be a certain point with Degrassi where, like, you know, they did legitimately first-time groundbreaking things over and over and over again in their tenure between Degrassi Junior High and, you know, Degrassi Next Class. But there gets to be a point where other people are doing it and you're not the first anymore. And so I feel like in showing Patrick these, like, most heavy hitters, like, it just didn't make sense to show him those. But I would be interested to get his opinions on some later uh, people um, as we, you know, as I continue watching on Pluto and such. Uh, But I do just want to shout out that I do love that cast. That's the same era of, uh, of the character who's transgender, right? Uh, he's like towards the end of that era, I would say, but yeah. That's, that's another example of like, um, you, you want to talk about, they wouldn't, um, cast, um, someone who does not use a wheelchair in that role. They would never in a billion years cast somebody now who, who is cisgender to play a transgender part. And at the time, 10 years ago, won awards and, and was, was a huge deal, right? I also want to say that, um the one singular episode that we did not get to on my list because we ended up subbing it for some more supplementary episodes that Patrick wanted to watch was going to be Adam's first episode. And so what we did when we watched that promo was I was like, I don't know who these people are. Tell me what their deal is. So as she's going through, she's like, uh, dies, gets stabbed, is fine, but then uh, is in a car crash, um, cheats on his sister girlfriend with his mom i mean she just like went through everybody had a thing and i was just i mean just busting my ass laughing the entire time because like that's funny you know like and that's funny in any sort of context it's not a degrassi thing to me if you did the same thing with days of our lives if you did the same thing with general hospital right there was a time where i was watching rescue me and taylor would come in and be like wow somebody else is dead now huh and i'd be like yeah like it's something happened in every episode to somebody or to everybody, rather. Um, uh, but because of that, like, everybody has a thing. Everybody goes through something. There are no normal be- – at one point I was like, is anybody normal? Like, does anybody skate through the entire show without some major life event? And she was like, eh, him kind of. Uh, <laughs> um, and then we watched it, and he was, like, one of the three people in the school during the school shooting. So I don't even know about that. Um, and I think that is one reason why the that – Rick uh, Drake storyline is so interesting to me because um, everything else has been tackled. It's in at some other sort of version of this show on some other program, right? The teen pregnancy, the uh, you know, uh, even just sort of what seems like lower level stuff of like your parents abandoning you. That's not, that's a huge deal, but it's like you know, the 97th thing to worry about in Degrassi City, whatever it's called. Toronto? Oh, uh, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. It's like their own world. Like, they have their own democracy. The yeah. student council is the president. Yeah. Uh, like, I, you know, I watched the first couple seasons of Glee. I think I watched the first, like, two seasons. And they did all of those things, you know. But, like, that was one thing that they would have never touched with a 10-foot pole. But Degrassi did. And so... Although I think it's kind of silly, and if I watch Glee now, I would think that it's silly, and maybe we'll, we might even watch it one day for this show. It's definitely outside of the range, but I don't know. Maybe we, we've talked before about doing like a preteen years month or something. Um, if that's something that interests you guys, uh, you can definitely let us know. Um, uh, if I watched any of these things, I would think that they're silly. 
And so, yes, it is silly at times, and I cannot believe that, like, in 22 minutes they fit in the amount of crap that they fit in. Well, also sometimes just, like, <laughs> there's, like, oh, no, I got to sell my house. <laughs> like, the, the, the amount of problems are just so – like, the two problems of the school shooting episode are, like, I can't sell my house at the school shooting. <laughs> um, I, do, I do really respect um, what it does and what it is. And it does. It has this sort of like hypnotic quality about it. I I think that that's just like the churned out machine of these kinds of shows, like the soap opera, uh, telenovela, melodrama thing is just the easy listening music of television. You know, like they can tackle these huge things and then move on. You know, Drake gets shot in the back. He's paralyzed. He's back like four episodes later. You know, like that that kind of stuff that you suspend your disbelief enough to just be like, it's a soap opera for children. The drama is going to be high stakes, but played at this at this sort of interesting like um, tune in next time feel. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it does have this sort of hypnotic, easy listening quality about it. And so, yeah, I was like, no, I got I got to see what happens with this person or I got to know what happens with this person. We watched, you know, like a, a documentary um, about, you know, the show's legacy and. And so, uh, yes, I'm going to continue to goob on Taylor, and I still don't really uh, want to watch it. But that legacy is something that I do respect. And I think that of all the things that we've watched in Y2 Kids so far, many of your picks have just happened to be things that I didn't really watch. This is one of them. This is the one that I have felt like uh, um, I appreciated you showing me more than something like The Replacements. I liked The Replacements. Nobody gives a shit about The Replacements. Fair enough. You know, Degrassi is... I mean, what is there to say? You know, Degrassi is so important to so many people, and it's hypnotic, like Patrick said. You know, I'm not going to say that one of Degrassi's biggest deficits is not the fact that it's 22 minutes long and they choose to tap tackle the biggest, you know, headlining pieces of uh of the world ever it's why like so many episodes have to be two-parters oh my god they're all two-parters it's so difficult but um you know yeah that's a big deficit uh obviously no, no great filmmaker can tackle something like a a school shooting especially for like the first time after it rocked the world in in the u.s um no one can tackle that in to 22 minute chunks effectively um that said it did affect people i mean it, it it affected me i mean i'm living proof you know degrassi was um you know i you know i'm not gonna get too much into you know my personal life and the the traumatic things that i've been through but i will say i have watched degrassi through many periods of my life I watched it as a kid, as the same age as those characters. I watched it as, you know, slightly older than some of those characters or the same age as the older characters. I have watched it as an adult. And I never watch Degrassi and take nothing away or feel no empathy. Um, there are still storylines that really hit me deep. Um, and that doesn't mean that they're executed perfectly, but it means that they are talking about something sensitive that no one else is talking about. And yes, 
could you argue that that sentiment gets watered down if you're doing that with every single character every single episode sure fair enough not everything is going to be huge um but you know they tackle you know a a a really um one that we talked about was um you know abortion like abortion was they tackled abortion on Degrassi, uh, the next generation in a very early season with the character Manny. They do it later in, I, I believe the very end of the next generation or even in next class. Like they kind of blur together for me cause they're the same cast. Um, but they said like, you know, the abortion episode that aired in Canada took like four years to come out in the U S and they released it finally on a disc only set as the episode you cannot get in the u.s um and that just goes to show that degrassi was always pushing it like patrick said teen pregnancy i mean oh my gosh you and i grew up with shows like teen mom on but in 1980 whatever degrassi was the first tv show ever to feature a pregnant character I remember um, the actress who plays Spike saying she was nominated for, like, whatever the, like, Canadian version of an Emmy is, and people, like, totally looked down upon her. Um, Degrassi is one of those things, like, I had friends whose parents would not let them watch Degrassi, or I had friends who, on their own merit, said, like, I don't want to watch Degrassi, it makes me feel icky, it doesn't feel appropriate for me, that's too old for us. Um, and to each their own, of course, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But for me, I feel like I needed those stories. I needed a lot of those stories. I feel like, um, the destigmatizing certain things made me a more informed person in life. They weren't always executed perfectly, but they were there And just that representation of story was so important to me. And it's been so important to other people. You know, I think something that's so special about Degrassi is, you know, because these were real kids, um, Stacey Farber, who plays Ellie Nash, and Jake Epstein, who play uh, Craig, um, they went to high school together. They were co-valedictorians of their real high school. And they also went to Degrassi together. And all, everyone always says, I feel like Degrassi was my real high school experience, which I just think is so sweet. Um, but yeah, Jake and Stacy went to high school together. They were co-valedictorians. And Jake was, um, Ellie, Ellie's character came in the season, the same season as Jake's character, I believe. Um, but, uh, much later. And she said, I remember watching Jake's episode, my classmate. I remember watching my classmates episode when they started airing and I hadn't started filming yet. And I remember being just in awe of him. Like, this this is a, like, this was so real, you know? This is not, you know, Jeanette McCurdy becoming friends with Miranda Cosgrove on the set of iCarly. These are schoolmates, Toronto kids, who are just doing theater, essentially, after school. Degrassi City kids. Yeah, Degrassi City kids, I'm sorry. It is not set in Toronto. It is Degrassi City, the utopia. Um, the, the, the dystopia. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just... 
like, I feel like I could just go on and on about how important it is. You know, the stories that they, they tackled, the, the lengths that they were willing to go um, to tell these stories and, and make sure that they were heard, the um, accessible nature of, like I said, the, the working environments. And um, again, was every decision perfect? No. Would they, you know, have Jordan Todsey play Adam today? No, they definitely would not. I'm not saying that things like that are a good decision, but... Um, I believe that they they had good intent for everything they did. And every single person, even Drake himself today, looks back on that fondly, which we saw in the I'm Upset music video. Patrick, tell me the thoughts that went through your head during that music video. That was the craziest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. And I cannot believe... I felt the same when I watched it for the first time. I cannot believe a single person agreed to do that, much less all of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, the proof is in the fucking pudding. Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. Like, you can't. I feel like it's impossible to shit on a show that everybody loves. Like, everybody that worked on it loves and cares about and supports and promotes. And, like, you know, actors do shitty movies and shitty TV shows all the time. I mean, just look at the drama with, you know, Florence Pugh about, you know, well, she wasn't at the, you know, Venice Film Festival long enough. She must have not liked Don't Worry Darling, but, you know, no, these Degrassi people were just so happy to be involved. They're still talking about it. They're still engaging with fans online. They're still just happy to be a part of that legacy. And that's just so special to me. And you feel it. You feel it in every episode. You don't need award-winning actors to create compelling stories if they just care. Do you know how many brilliant actors, Vince Vaughn being one of them, just don't care sometimes? Guess what? That's telling. I would rather have a shitty actor who cares a whole hell of a lot than a brilliant actor who doesn't care at all. Um, And Vince Vaughn is a perfect example of that. So, um, yeah, I'm upset when that came out. I vividly remember like I watched it like nine times and just looked for every single easter egg and was so happy and when the HBO reboot came out I or came to light I was so excited and I wrote this tome I was gonna write a huge Degrassi history article for feature presentation that I was gonna work on for months um and uh you know just just go at it. Just talk about everything under the sun in anticipation of the reboot. And the reboot was sadly pushed. Uh, or, you know, it, it's indefinitely not happening. Um, which was really sad. But in a way, I feel a slight bit of being relieved because I feel like when they announced the reboot, fans like me who care so much about like specific aspects of Degrassi, like the working conditions, like the culture on set, XYZ, um, a lot of us had concerns that HBO was not going to be able to effectively do that. Uh, that they weren't going to cast age appropriately. Look at Euphoria. <laughs> their other teen show that uses all adults as their characters. The new Gossip Girl that uses all adults in a shitty green screen as their as their um, characters. Yeah, like there's there's infinite. Uh, not that this is HBO, but Riverdale. They're all fucking adults. Sunny. All right, sorry. Um, anyways, you know, I, a lot of us were worried, like, are they going to be able to handle it correctly? You know, is it, is it, it's not going to be real kids anymore, probably. It might not even have returning characters, you know, 
Degrassi Junior High and High characters were heavily involved with Degrassi the Next Generation. I think that's what roots it in the next generation because Emma, the kind of protagonist and anchor of the first few seasons, was the literal child of that teen pregnancy that was first showed. She is the next generation. So, oh my goodness, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Wow. Okay, Sunny's having a sneezing attack, so we're gonna wrap this up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Bless you. Um, if you haven't watched Degrassi, I don't want to say go watch it because you know it's a lot, and I'm you will not appreciate it as much if you didn't grow up with it. Yeah, you need someone like Taylor by your side to walk you through it all. I think. Yeah, I am available for hire though. And, and my rate is free. Uh, so if you would like to hire me on a volunteer basis uh, to just talk you through all of the cultural impacts of Degrassi episode by episode, I'm more than happy to do that. Um, I am at Mailer Talone on Twitter. Um, no, but I, I just love the show so much. I think um, I have... I'm, I'm proud of the appreciation I have given Patrick for the show. That's all I wanted out of this. Um, I, I wanted him to go into it with an open mind, and I think he did that. And, you know, I respect all of his opinions, and um, I think I've, I've had him come around to mine a little bit as well. And I'm looking forward to watching this on Pluto. And now that, um, you know, the seal has kind of been broken in terms of Patrick's involvement with Degrassi, Hopefully, I'm able to kind of explore this more with him just casually, and that makes me really, really happy, and that's the greatest birthday gift I could have. So, because of your birthday, you got two weeks in a row. You got two picks in a row. What? No, 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 no. You, you got the last two picks. Oh, right. And so I get the next two picks to even it out. I'm kicking off... Um, our holiday spectacular. Uh, we've already teased what Taylor's pick in a couple weeks is going to be. She already decided it. If you want to find out what that is, go to our Twitter at Y2KidsPod on Twitter. You can go see what that is. Mine, though, are still a secret. And I have been holding on to my first of the two picks for, gosh, like over like a year now. This was one of those, like, um, well, we start talking about this show. Uh, what are some things we want to do? Oh, we want to do this themed month. Oh, we want to do Halloween. I know I want to do um, Mickey's House of Villains, right? We're going to do Christmas. We're going to do holidays. I know exactly what it's going to be because I haven't seen this since I was a kid. And the more I think about it, I cannot believe it exists. can't remember the year off the top of my head. But the movie is, of course, Michael Keaton in Jack Frost. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I remember Jack Frost. I remember Jack Frost creeping me out. Yes, it is, of course, the movie where Michael Keaton gets... It's been a long time. It's been like 20 years. He gets like... Isified? No, 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 no. He gets hit by a car and then is reincarnated in the snowman in the front yard. And then hangs out with his family as a snowman. I didn't remember that, but uh, thank you for filling me in. Um, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember being the biggest fan of Jack Frost. I'm sure it'll come to be more when uh, we actually start watching it. But, yeah, I don't remember 
much about Jack Frost, other than I just remember the snowman being super duper creepy. I, of course, had the VHS tape here. I saw it at like a thrift store and was like, oh, yeah, I need to get this for Y2 Kids. When Christmas rolls around, I've been holding on to this for a long time now. Um, it says Michael Keaton is a rock and roll dad who gets one last chance. I remember that. He's like in a band. One last chance to fine-tune his life and prove that ice guys finish first. <laughs> in this wild, wintry fantasy adventure frosted with a blizzard of special effects. On the verge of finally making a big, long-struggling musician, Jack Frost. This is his real name. Um, suddenly realizes he's missing something vital. Time with his wife and young son, Charlie. But before Jack can make up for lost time, he swerves off an icy mountain road. Then, one cold winter's night, Jack magically returns as a walking, talking, ski-slope-shredding snowman. <laughs> I cannot wait for this. God, that's a long description. Back in the VHS days, man, Joel Siegel of Good Morning America says that it is wonderful, and that is the only pull quote on the entire thing. He says, like, it's wonderfully dog shit. And they just say, like, wonderful dot dot dot. Wow. Um, very, very exciting. Um, we're going to wrap it up. You'll, uh, we'll talk about Jack Frost next week, and then I will reveal my second of two um, Christmas picks, holiday picks. Um, until then, you can uh, follow us at Y2KidsPod on Twitter. You can also email us if you want, Y2KidsPod at gmail.com. The best place to find us, though, is FeaturePresentationVideo.com. That's our website. That's the hub of everything that we do, the Vince Vaughnathon. We're watching every single Vince Vaughn movie. This show, of course, our flagship show, Feature Presentation, where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. Taylor's musings, my musings, um, everything that we do is on the site. You can go there. You can put your email address in. We will send you everything that we do for free, no paywall, five days a week. We send something out, and it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of Taylor rambling about, I don't even know, you were upset because people didn't like the music video. It doesn't matter. What? It doesn't matter. Never mind. Okay. Um... All right, you can find me on Letterboxd at Taylor Malone, um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mailer Talone. And while you're there, wish me a happy birthday. Uh, no, but seriously, while you are there following me on Twitter, because of course you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm very funny and awesome and cool on Twitter. Um, I also want to suggest, if you are a Degrassi fan like me, I want to share my favorite Degrassi uh, Twitter account, which is Degrassi No Context. Um, they do rewatches of the entire series, junior high through next class, um, all the time. They are constantly going through and pulling new things out of context. Um, it's really funny. The people who run the account are, are just, like, so fun. Um, and, they, of course, they do the funny no context, uh, you know, out of context pictures. But they also do a lot of... Of really engaging content and i just want to give them a big shout out that is uh degrassi no context uh they are great go give them some love if you like degrassi i think that's about all we got we will see you guys next week for jack frost see you then and happy birthday to me